Welcome to the North Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, I just want to say welcome to North Shore, first of all. And many of you are wondering, like, that's not what Pastor Chris looks like. That dude's got a little bit more hair. And uh, yeah, my name is Pastor RJ. I'm a, a new pastor on staff. This is actually only my second week here at North Shore. And Chris called me a while back and told me, uh, hey, when you get here, get ready to hit the ground running. You're up, man. And I'm like, that means week two? I'm up? Okay. Let's do this thing. But I just want you to know, uh, me and my wife are so excited to be part of this staff, so excited to be part of this church, so excited to be part of this church family. We love North Shore. We love this city. And we believe God has a mighty plan to use this church to reach this city. In fact, it was back in 2008 I actually have roots here in Hastings, roots here in North Shore. If you've never met me or may not know me, uh, me and my wife, uh, we we are so excited to come back because I was the youth pastor here in 2008 at Pulse. We had a building downtown, and so 2008, I was here for about three years, and we were here. And during that time, met many friends, many of you I I may already know. If I don't know you, if you don't know me or my wife, my lovely wife is right here on the front row. Come on, babe, stand on up. Give them a wave. She's only five foot one, so she is standing right there. She's just short. But come, come say hello to us. We would love to meet you. We would love to say hello to you. And uh, we, we just, this church and this house, this city holds a special spot in our hearts. Not only do we have many, even youth people that I still see from, from our time here, many friends in the, the building, but it was while my time here in ministry that I just learned uh, how to do ministry. It's, at this time, I met my wife. I went to camp one year, and I was one of the leaders there at camp. And she was on the rec staff. And I met this beautiful young little thing at summer camp. And so we came back. We started dating. And we got married about five and a half years ago. And at that time, we got married five and a half years ago. We went to a church called People's Church in Oklahoma City. And so we've been there for the past five and a half years. Absolutely love that church. Uh, God's doing incredible things there. Learned a lot about ministry there. But it's incredible to be able to come back to Husker Nation. Come on. All I know is one of those two teams is undefeated between Oklahoma and Nebraska. But... Uh, so it's exciting to be back where I can proudly be a Nebraska fan. I, they, it is tough to be a Nebraska fan in OU territory, let me tell you. They are not happy with it, but uh, hey, I loved it. I love my time up there, and uh, uh, me and my wife, we're just excited to be here. We are excited to be back. In fact, about um, half of a mile that direction is where Lake Hastings is where I got down on one knee and asked my wife to marry me. And it was five and a half years ago on this very stage Right here, where I looked across from her and I said, I do. So for us to come back to North Shore, for us to come back to Hastings, it's like coming back to family, right? When family comes over, they don't have to ask to open the refrigerator. So I'm just like, I'm here. We are here. We're excited to be here. Uh, We got a house here. Our cell phones are changing here. We're getting license plates here. Like, we are here because we believe God's called us to Hastings. And God's going to do something mighty here. And we really knew that we were here when yesterday morning we woke up and we look out our front window and there was a toilet sitting in our front yard. Like, I don't know if you know about this, but there's this traveling toilet that travels all around to different staff members, I guess, and different people within the church. And I don't know what that means, and I, but we woke up, we looked at this like, babe, come here. We're officially family because we got a toilet sitting in our front yard. I, it was, it's awesome. We, we love it, but we're so excited to be here, and we can't wait to see how God continues to advance his kingdom uh, through North Shore to reach all of Hastings. Hey, can we just bow our head and close our eyes, and let's just bless today's message uh, as we continue. 
Lord, we just love you, God. Thank you for bringing each and every person in this room today. I pray that you would just open our hearts and open our minds to hear a mighty word from you, God. And we thank you that our Huskers are still undefeated. Keep them healthy and going strong. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. I, I knew I'd get some amen throwing the Huskers in there, so um, I thought I would. But today I want to talk to you about this thought. Uh, a mess in progress. A mess in progress. Do we have any parents in the room, anybody with kids, smaller or younger kids? Then you know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about a mess. That is no, no, no strange thing to you. But I want to introduce other members of my family here for a moment. Because me and my wife, we left about five and a half years ago. And we multiplied. We doubled. We did what God said, be fruitful and multiply. So there's four of us now. And my, our newest daughter, Ava, her name is Ava Joy. She's about four months old. And there's a little collage of cute for you right there, right? And at this age, they are cute. They smile, they're giggling, they're, they're fun, and they're laughing, right? They're a lot of work. They keep you up all night. It's crazy, but very cute, very fun. And my, my other son, my son is MJ. He'll be two next month. And at this age, they start walking, they start talking, they start learning how to throw things, and you talk about a mess. So I got, I got a, an updated picture of you from my son as well. So here's this. My son right there. And your parents, you're like, amen to that. Yes, where my son goes, a mess follows. And here's a real picture of me and my family, and my son's in there as well. There's MJ, Kayla, and Ava along with me right there. But, but where my son goes, a mess follows. I'm not even lying. From the day he was born, from the moment he was born, he was making a mess. Like, I was there, he, my son was born, and they said, Daddy, look, look at your boy. And I look at my boy, and he starts going to the bathroom all over the nurses, all over the doctors, all over the floor. And I'm like, are babies supposed to do that? I didn't, I didn't even know they could do that. It was crazy. And he's just making this big, huge mess. And where, everywhere he goes, there's a mess. But this, he is all boy, all boy. And I love it. I love having a but I, I love being a dad and having a son. His very first words, dada, right? It just melts your heart like dada. And I knew he was all boy when his second word was, <laughs> and I'm like, yep, he's a boy. <laughs> That's my boy right there. I love it. But going from living a life of doing what you want, when you want, to now having a young person in your home, and your whole life revolves around this little life that does nothing but eat and sleep and spit up and go to the bathroom and keep you up all night and cry, it's a big change. It's absolutely exhausting. The doctors, when they send you home from the hospital, they don't tell you how exhausting it's going to be, right? People try to, to warn you, and they're like, oh, you're having a baby, huh? Get ready. I'm like, okay, that's creepy, but I'll, I'll try to get ready. Get your sleep now. And I'm like, you know what? I think I can handle this tiny little eight-pound kid, all right? And they come, and your whole world is just flipped, turned upside down, and now you can't do anything. You want to nap for 30 minutes? Don't even think about it. You can't do anything. It is crazy. It's messy all the time. It's stinky. And nobody tells you how crazy it's going to be. And I know my son, he's starting to talk now, right? He's about to be two. And I know he says these three words at least once a day. And I dread for when he comes to me and says these because he'll run into me. He'll look at me and he'll say, Dad, or he'll say these three words. Uh-oh, big mess. Uh-oh, big mess. I'm like, MJ, what did you do? Legos down the stairs. Uh-oh, big mess. And I'm just like, man, this boy, everywhere he goes, makes a mess. He literally one time made a mess so big that he was stuck in it. 
He dumped his Legos, books, toys, and he just starts crying. And I come in there. He's trying to crawl out, and he can't get out. And he's like, he was in such a big mess, he needed help to get out of it. And so I think that some of us today can kind of relate to that feeling. We look around us. We feel overwhelmed. We're in such a big mess. It's like, how do I get out of this? I need some help. I don't know how to move forward. I don't know to get out of this thing, that, this situation that I found myself in, and I need some help. Um, but it's tough. It's hard, but I believe today God has some, some help for you, and he wants to get you out of whatever mess you're facing, whatever you're going through. He wants to take you where you're at to, to a mighty place where he wants to lead you to. And uh, I even remember last year, about a year ago, I was watching MJ, this messy, all stinky boy, right? And he's learning to crawl and explore, and I'm so completely exhausted, parents, you know what I'm talking about, kind of this new child phase. You're just so tired. You wish you could just lay down and nap, but you can't. And so I'm sitting there on the edge of the bed. I'm watching my son just crawl and learn and explore. And he crawls over by our dog kennel. I'm just sitting there watching him. And all of a sudden, he reaches in and he grabs a piece of dog food. And at this moment in my mind, I'm thinking, I should really go do something. Man, I should go over there. If I was a responsible adult, I would be going over there. But I'm like, I'm so exhausted. I just sit there. And if my son, knowing my son, right, he's one of those babies that everything he, he sees, he eats. He, like, he will eat anything. People looked at my son when he was a little younger, and they would look at him, and they would be like, the, whoa, whoa, he's a healthy one, isn't he? And I'd be like, yes, he is, and thank you so much for calling my baby fat. <laughs> I know that's exactly what you meant. Uh, but he was like this. Everything he saw, he loved. He wanted to put in his mouth. He is like his daddy. I love food. And I love some Hastings food here. Listen, I'm, I know around town we got, I've eaten some Nick's Gyros, and we got Applebee's. We got El Toro over here, some deli spots. Like, we got some good food, and I absolutely love eating. And so my son, he's the exact same way. And so he sees this thing, and I know what he's thinking. And I'm too exhausted to eat over there. So we do the next best thing, parents. We yell. <laughs> MJ, don't you eat that. MJ, no. And he looks at me like he's saying, why don't you come over here and stop me? Oh, and he puts this piece of dog food directly into his mouth. And at this time, I'm like, yeah, I really need to get over there. But now I'm kind of curious, right? Now I'm like, I wonder, does my son who will eat anything, will he really eat some dog food? Like, is he really going to eat this? This is absolutely crazy. So my curiosity got the best of me, and I'm watching him, and thankfully, a few seconds later, he's kind of like, well, and spits it out, puts it down, and crawls away, and I feel a little bit better about myself then. I'm like, yeah, that's right, MJ. You listen to your daddy. You should have learned. That's a bad, that's a no-no. You listen to daddy. That's right. Feeling a little bit better about myself, and uh, so he's crawling around, and still making his mess, whatever. And a few minutes later, I go over and I pick up my son. And as I pick up my son, I look down at this kennel where he had put that piece of dog food. And as I pick him up, I look down and I realize that that piece of dog food was not dog food. But it was a little piece of dog poo. And it's one of these moments that, like, your heart just drops and your stomach just is like, oh. <gasps> What have I just done to my son? <laughs> is this really the parent that I'm going to be? Like, I just sit there and watch while my kid puts this in his mouth. Oh, my. I didn't know whether to call poison control, right? I didn't know what to do. I didn't know to wash his mouth out with soap, if you can do that to tiny little kids. And how in the world do you tell that to your wife? 
I mean, Kayla, let me tell you what your son just did. Can't believe it. Like, it's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. It was crazy. I was exhausted. And it was one of these moments in life where I just look around and I realize I might be in over my head a little bit. I don't understand. I don't fully know what I'm doing. I feel exhausted. I feel overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And, and those of you, some, some of you don't have kids yet, right? Some of you, you're, you're young and you hear about kids and you think, oh, I like playing with kids. It's awesome. It's fun. But just imagine, let me just give you a little illustration of what it might feel like having kids. Imagine you just swam 10 miles in water and you're exhausted and you're about to go under and you're about to drown and you're kicking. You're trying to stay above ground and you're about to go under and somebody hands you a baby. <laughs> Good luck. It's like that is what it feels like having a child at times. Like it feels completely exhausting, completely overwhelming at times. And so this was one of those moments in life where I felt exactly like that. But the truth is that there are times in, in life when things can get a little messy. Times in our lives when things can get a little crazy. Times in our life where we feel a little bit overwhelmed, like we don't know what we're doing, like we don't know where we're going, and we're just wondering how we're going to get through this mess, how we're going to get from where we're at to where God wants us to go. Well, how did I end up in this mess? Some of you, you're here and you're looking around, your life it feels like a mess because you don't even know how you're going to pay your bills this month. Some of us, we're looking around at our family and we think, my family's a mess, my marriage is a mess, my finances are a mess, or my future is a mess. I know God wants to do something in my future, but my life is just a mess right now. I don't think it will ever work out. And today I want to talk to you about these moments. What do we do when life seems messy, stinky, crazy, overwhelming? What do we do in these moments? And today I think God wants to change our perspective because you know what I learned from these moments with MJ, my son? If it wasn't for my son, there wouldn't be a mess. If it wasn't for a baby, it wouldn't be so crazy. And so now instead of learning, instead of getting frustrated and upset that I'm in my, another mess, I'm learning to thank God for the mess. Thank God that I'm up again at 3 a.m. trying to feed this boy because he's, he's a healthy one, right? He likes to eat. Thank God that I'm up again because i got a healthy baby that likes to eat. Thank God that there's Legos all over the, the room. It looks like Toys R Us just exploded because i got a son who likes to learn and explore and throw his toys everywhere. And he has the ability to do it. Like, I'm learning to thank God for the mess. And, and there's meaning behind the mess if we can learn to change our perspective. The mess that you're going through, the situation you're facing, there is meaning behind the mess if we can learn to change our perspective. And I know somebody's here today and you feel like your life is a mess. Your future is a mess. Maybe you're one decision from walking out on family or walking out on a marriage and it's just like things are just absolutely a mess. Today I hope I to change your perspective just a little bit. Shift your perspective just a little bit and I believe you'll not only learn to embrace the mess but to love it but to love the mess. Um, it's like my dad, growing up, my dad let us slip and slide one time on the grass. It was awesome. We went out there, the kids, we had a blast. It was like, it was like six flags for us growing up. We loved the slip and slide. So we went out there, we slip and sli slide all day long, and then comes the moment when you take up the slip and slide tarp, and it's muddy, it's messy. My dad was meticulous about the grass. It left a big, huge dead spot in the grass, you know what I'm talking about? And he saw this and he said, nope, never again. Never, you are never doing that ever again. And we begged him, dad, please, let us slip and slide. Nope, you're going to make a big, huge mess. And no, our grass is too nice. Nope, you are not going to do it. 
And it's interesting because a couple of years ago when me and my wife were about to have our firstborn son, I had one of these father-son talks with my dad. And I said, and I asked him, I said, Dad, if you could go back and do things differently as a parent, what would you do? And you know what he said? He said, I wish I would have let you guys slip and slide. Like he was almost, he almost has tears going down his eyes telling me this. I'm like, Dad, stop, what? Why is that such a big deal? He says, I wish I would have let you guys slip and slide, make a big mess, get all muddy, get messy, kill the grass, do whatever, because now you're gone, everything's clean, and I would give just about anything to have one more big muddy mess with my kids. See, maybe there's a little bit of meaning behind the mess that you're going through today. If you can learn to change your perspective just a little bit, because maybe you're here, life sings overwhelming, your marriage, your job, your financial situation, your relationships are a big, muddy mess. And you look around, all you can see is the mess. All you can see is the dead grass around you. Today, I want you to say, you know what, that's okay. It is messy. It does get a little crazy from some time to time. But if we can change our perspective just a little bit, you'll see it's not just a mess. It's progress. There's a meaning behind the mess that you're going through. So I want to go to God's Word, and I want to look at this crazy muddy, messy miracle that this man had when he encountered Jesus. And we're going to talk about two things to remember when life seems messy. But here's the story in John chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. It says this, walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? So his disciples are here, right? They say, Jesus, who made this mess? This guy is blind from birth. Who made this mess? Who sinned? Uh, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind. In verse 3, Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. And I love this because Jesus kind of puts them in the pl their place. Like, hey, you guys, you guys are looking at this all wrong. Stop. Life happens. Crazy happens. You are looking at this in the completely wrong way. And I love this because Jesus isn't interested in helping us understand the mess. He wants to fix it. It's awesome. And so he continues and he says, there's no such cause effect here. Look instead. Come on, say it with me. Say, look instead. Look a little differently. Shift your perspective. Look instead for what God can do. Jesus had to change his disciples' perspective, just like today he's changing your perspective and my perspective. Look instead to see what God can do. See where we look and we see failure, God looks and he sees opportunity. Where the disciples looked and they saw a problem, right? Man, what's up with this? Why, who sinned? This guy, he saw, they saw a problem. Jesus looks and he sees a person. Where we look and we see nothing but a mess, God looks and he sees progress. He sees progress. Look instead for what God can do. Verse 6, it says this. Then Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, made a mess, right, and spread the mud all over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed, and he came back seen. And so I just want to talk to you about this muddy, messy miracle. And when we're talking about two things to remember when life seems messy, here's the first one. Number one, embrace the process of progress. Embrace the process of progress. How many of you know that progress is usually a process? Right? It, it takes some time to progress. And, uh, but something's interesting to me, it sticks out to me about this story. Like, I like to think about these stories. I like to put myself there, like in this guy's shoes. And it's almost like this man left worse off than when he met Jesus. 
Think about this for a second. He's born blind, right? And he encounters Jesus, and he leaves Jesus. Not only is he still blind, but now he has mud on his face. Right? He's got mud on his face, and he's still blind. So I want you to just imagine this for a moment. That you're this man, you're blind from birth, but you can hear. Your ears work well. In fact, your entire life you've been hearing people talk about you. Your entire life as everybody passes you by, they're saying things. Look at this mess. Look at this man. Obviously, he's a sinner. Obviously, his parents did something so bad that he is born blind. Man, can you believe this guy? He's heard this his entire life. And this man who does nothing but hear, he can also hear about Jesus. I'm sure he's heard that Jesus is this man that can open blind eyes, open deaf ears, make the lame people walk. Like, he's heard about Jesus, and now all of a sudden, this moment comes where in this moment in life, Jesus himself is standing right in front of him. And if I'm this blind guy, like, I'm expecting something awesome. I'm expecting to hear, like, be healed, my son. Open your eyes. But here's the next thing that this blind man hears. Like he hears Jesus like hawking a loogie, right? Spitting, making spitting on the ground. Like gross. This is nasty. Jesus, why is this even in the Bible? Why would you do that to somebody? And I, if that was me, I would still be thinking, you know, okay, maybe he's kind of clearing his throat, getting ready to, for the word of healing. Here it comes. Any moment, give it to me, Jesus. And all of a sudden like mud hits you right in the face. If that's me, I, I'm a little upset that some guy just put mud on a blind guy's eyes. You just don't do that. Like, Jesus, you're lucky I am blind right now because I'd be throwing some elbows. I'd be doing something. But he had this moment, this encounter with Jesus where it's almost like he left worse off than when he met him. I'll be thinking, Jesus, what are you doing? You're making a big mess. Why are you, making a be- why are you me- doing this to me? And the only thing Jesus says is this, go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Go and wash yourself in this pool of Siloam. And I would be thinking, Jesus, listen, I wouldn't have to go wash this off if you didn't just put it on me. First you put this mud on my face, you make a big mess, and now you tell me to clean it up. You tell me to go wash it off. What's up with that? And you know what's crazy about this? I want you to see this. Jesus didn't even give him the end result. He didn't even say, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam and you'll be healed. He just said, go wash yourself. I want you to catch this. Jesus doesn't owe, didn't give him the end result, but he did give him the next step. He did give him the next step. See, sometimes God, in fact, most of the times, God's not going to give us the end result. But you know what he will give you? The next step. The next step. See, God, when he gets involved in things, sometimes he can move miraculously and instantaneously. There's two ways God, that God moves. He can move one in power. He moves in power, and these are awesome. These are stories you read about, miracles of eyes open in an instant and, like, people walking out of wheelchairs. He can move in power, and he still does move in power. But most of the time, you know how he moves? Through a process. And most of the time, it takes a little time. And it can be a little stinky and a little messy and a little muddy at times. But just because you're going through that process, it doesn't mean that God's not working. It doesn't mean God's forgiven about or forgotten about you or given up on you. No, he is still there and he is still working. If we learn to just change our perspective and look at the mess a little bit differently. In fact, the truth is without mess, there is no progress. We can't have progress. You want, you want progress? It's going to get a little messy. 
Anybody in construction or you know how construction works, right? You want progress. You want to put some new walls up. Some old walls got to come down. In fact, can I talk to you uh, about your senior pastor, Pastor Chris, for just a moment? Y'all good with that? I think I can do it because he's not here. So he's not here today, so I'm going to talk about him. Um, but, but your senior pastor, Pastor Chris, me and him worked uh, at the Assemblies of God campground in Lexington a few summers. I was in high school. He was in college. And, in fact, my grandpa and grandma, Pastor Mel and Barb, they were the caretakers of the camp. So we kind of went and helped them out a few summers. And so I got to know him pretty good over some of those summer jobs and working with him that close. And so I just want to share a few things about your pastor you may not know. Did you know Pastor Chris is deathly afraid of frogs? Frogs. He cannot stand frogs. In fact, there was one time he was walking and he was carrying a, a bunch of, like a bundle of sticks and I had a frog behind my back. And I knew he was not going to like it, but I was going to do it. And so he's coming over and he's like, what are you doing? And I just throw this frog right, right on his chest and he screams, ah, and stabs me with this bundle of sticks. I'm telling, like, I had a scar down my arm. He made me bleed and I'm like, you stabbed me for a frog? You know I don't like those things. Like, he is definitely afraid of frogs. Another thing you may not know about your senior pastor, uh, he also does not like it when grasshoppers latch onto his skin, right? Admittedly, it kind of feels weird, but I have seen him do, like, the river dance, like, oh, like, dance around because a grasshopper is latched onto his neck. It's awesome. So I just say that for those of you in the building that like to, to pull pranks and put toilets in people's yards. I don't know, maybe frogs and grasshoppers somewhere down the line. And he's not here, so I can say it. So, uh, but but I, we had a lot of fun this summer. And one of our jobs while we were there was to demolish one of the dorm rooms. And so we had to just go in. We had no rules. They just said, everything's got to go. We're going to demolish it. And we're like, yes. This is awesome. We were breaking uh, sheetrock over each other's heads. We were punching through sheetrock. We would even stack it up and be like, I can punch through three of these things. Watch this. Boom. Like, we were having a ton of fun. We're throwing baseballs through windows. Like, we're just having fun with this thing. And Pastor Mel, I promise we did get a little work done at the time as well. But, but we were loving this. Like, it was, it was awesome. And uh, then it drug on day after day after day. <laughs> After day, and we look around every single day, and all we see is this big, huge mess. It's just a big mess. Everywhere we go, every day we're taking stuff out. We're tearing stuff down. And, and all we see day after day, I'm thinking this process is going to take a couple weeks. Let's get this thing down. Let's put something new up. Let's get, let's get this thing going. But what I thought was going to be a few weeks ended up being more like a few years. I'm looking every single day. I'm seeing this mess. I'm like, man, this is horrible. This is a mess. And then one day, Pastor Mel comes walking in. He says, guys, do you see it? Look at this. I'm like, look at the mess. No, 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 do you see it? It's progress. <laughs> We're getting there. Keep going. See, he knew the final plans. He knew that to get the new structure that needed to be up, this old structure had to come down. And usually that involves making a mess. See, God wants to do something in your life. Maybe he's just tearing down something old so we can be re get ready to build something new for you and for your life. And I wonder if some of us, we're looking at our situation through the wrong lens, and you're calling something a mess that God is calling progress.
Are you calling something a mess that God is calling progress? Look instead. Remember, Jesus said it. Look instead to see what God can do. Look instead to see what God can do. So let's just do this. Turn to someone. Turn to someone beside you and just tell them. Tell them you're a mess. Right? I know it's always kind of awkward talking to someone, but it's fun to call someone a mess. Tell it again. Just tell them again. Tell them you're a mess. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. You are not a mess. You're in progress. You're in progress. But uh, the mess is just part of the process that brings progress. Right? The mess is just part of the process that brings about progress. There's no denying denying it. It's messy. It's muddy. It's stinky. It's crazy. But without mess, there would be no progress. And what's awesome is nothing has to change. Nothing has to change for it to move from a mess to progress except for the way you look at it. Look instead to see what God can do. Embrace the process of progress. And I want to be very practical on how do I do that? How do I embrace the process of progress? Um, It's very simple. Take another step. (laughs) You want to embrace the process of progress, all you got to do is just take another step. But I love how Jesus works. Right, because he tells this blind man. In fact, he uses a blind man to ha- open his disciples' eyes. Isn't this awesome that Jesus takes the least, the last, the hurting, the broken, the messy, the muddy, the stinky, the worst of the worst. He will take whatever mess and mud we've got and he will bring something good out of it. And he used a blind guy from birth to open his disciples' eyes and say, you're looking, all you're seeing is a problem, but there's a person behind that problem as well. And I think God wants, to, wants us to look a little differently at the mess we are going through. So take the next step. Jesus told this guy, go wash in the pool of Siloam. What you may not know is the pool of Siloam was all the way across the city. All, there was a lot of other closer pools. This guy could have just gone, taken a shortcut, said, you know what, Jesus, I'm just going to wash this off how I know how to wash this off. There's a pool right here. But you know what he did? He kept stepping all the way across the city. I'm sure there were times that he was tired, but he took another step. I'm sure there was times he kept bumping into people, but he took another step. I bet times he even fell down. He pushed himself back up, and you know what he did? He took another step. There were probably people along the way trying to stop him. Hey, stop, stop. Man, let me help you. Let me help you. No, 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 no. Uh Uh-uh. Wait, I'm just going to take another step. Jesus told me to do something, and I am going to do it. There were probably even teenagers, right? You know teenagers were doing something like this. They're looking at this guy like, hey, man, stop. Hold, Hold up, man. You got mud on your face, big disgrace. Ba-na-na-na. You know these teenagers are making fun of him, right? But he's like, no, I am going to keep on stepping. I am going to take another step. So how did he move from the mess to progress? How did he move from where he was to where God wanted him to be and ultimately see his miracle and his healing? One blind, obedient step at a time. One blind, obedient step at a time. God, you didn't tell me I was going to be healed, but you just told me where to wash and where to go, so I'm going to go that direction and just hope that, that you have something awesome in store. So he just took another step, one blind, obedient step at a time. How do you move forward? You find out that you have a situation that's a little bit messy in life. You're a little stressed out at work. Your family feels messy. <laughs> take another step. You lost your job. Take another step. Your finances are on the verge of just falling apart. Take another step. My marriage is on the rocks because they just don't quite understand uh, what I'm feeling. Take another step. Take another step. See, you may not know what the end result is going to be, 
But God is asking us today to just not worry about the end result right now, but do you trust me enough to take another step? Some of us, maybe spiritually, we need to take the next step and get baptized. Right after we believe in Christ, after he comes into our life, he tells us to get baptized. Maybe that's the next step you need to take. Maybe for some others of us, the next step we need to take is to get involved, start serving, start helping, start giving, be part of North Shore 101, join a life group. Others of us, maybe the next step we need to take is to call, call someone that hurt us, tell them we forgive them. Maybe the next step we need to take for some others of us is to just start with prayer, start praying for someone that we hold a grudge against. The Bible tells us, pray for those who persecute you. What's your next step? See, God doesn't always give us the end result, but he does always give us the next step. We want to leap and get there, right? We, we, want to, we want this to be our process. Thank you, God. Woo, that was awesome. We want to go wash in the closer pools, right? We want to take the shortcut. But God is asking some of us today, do you trust me enough? Do you have faith enough to trust me with the process? With the process, take another step. Uh, you know what one of the biggest miracles in my life is? One of the biggest miracles in my life is the fact that I'm standing before you right now. The fact that I'm standing up here right now, because I, I'm not even lying about this, 99% of you sitting out in the crowd right now are more naturally gifted at communicating than I am. 99% of you would be much better being up here than I would. I just have a little bit more time and experience. You are way more qualified. In fact, if you saw me when I first started speaking in public, you would never let me on this stage. You'd be like, that guy, he will never be on my stage in my church. Uh, the, in fact, the very first time I ever spoke in public, it was at Pastor Chris's wedding. I was the best man, and I had to give a toast. And I got ready. I wrote it all out, and I'm getting ready. I'm getting nervous. And I stand up to give this toast, and my hands are shaking so bad. Everyone can see it. You know what I mean? The paper is making noise. And everyone's watching me, and I stutter, and I stammer, and I get through this story and through this toast. And, and you know it's bad when people come up to you afterwards and put your arm around you. Hey, man, you don't have to be nervous anymore. It's over. I'm just like, good job. All I want to hear is good job. Another guy comes up to me. Hey, man, were you nervous? Because I could tell. I'm like, good job. Just say good job. Hey, man, you know what? It wasn't that bad. I've seen worse. Just tell me good job. <laughs> you know, like, I just want to hear good job. But I took another step. Thankfully, I didn't stop there. I didn't let that, that keep me. In fact, uh, the summer of 2006, I became an intern at this church. Some of you may have heard of, of this church, North Shore. I became an intern here at this church with a youth ministry called Pulse. Pastor Chris, he was the, the youth pastor at the time, and I came here as the intern, and he told me on my very first week, he said, all right, RJ, you're going to go up there. You're just going to give these two announcements. And I'm like, Chris, I have been in Bible college for three years. I grew up in a pastor's home every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday. I saw this done. Give me a challenge, man. I got this. And I'm kind of arrogant, and I think this is going to be no, no problem, no sweat. I can give two announcements. It's a breeze. And so finally it comes time for me to go up on stage and give announcements, and I go up there, and I grab the microphone, and I go blank. Uh, yeah, okay, oh, man, oh. It was so embarrassing. Have you ever had a moment that you are so embarrassed that it's like fire all over your body? Like your entire body just turns, 
on fire. And it was so bad, I noticed sweat rolling down my forehead. I'm like, I don't even know how I got off the stage, but thank God I got off the stage and I sat down. And yet again, I knew it was a horrible time because I sat down. Students, they're real with you. A student looked at me and he said, man, are you all right? You look like you just stepped out of a shower. <laughs> good job. Just tell me good job. That's all I want to hear. But I'll never forget those moments. After that, Wednesday, I was so traumatized. I was so heartbroken. I told Pastor Chris in the car on the way uh, after that, I said, you know what? I am never getting on a stage again the rest of my life. I'm never, like, I was dead serious. I'm not getting back up on that stage. I'll watch you, I'll take notes, but I'm not getting back up there. And he kind of laughed and he said, well, get ready because you're doing it again next week. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you're going to have to let me pray about that. No, I am not getting back up there and doing that again. But you know what I did between then and the next week? Took another step. And I worked probably ten times harder than anyone in this room would have to work. But I showed up that next week with two pages front and back ready for announcements. And I got up there and uh, I didn't go blank this time, but I was reading and I read through those announcements. And it was bad and it was horrible, but it was progress. It was a little bit better. I took another step later that summer and I ended up giving my very first message. And it's funny because <laughs> I ended up later going back and listening to the CD of my first message and it was so bad, I threw the CD away and deleted the file so no one could ever listen to it again, ever. It was bad. I got up there, I read one scripture, I shared a story for about 25 minutes that I thought was funny. I said, let's pray and nobody responded. Oh, it was bad. And I know it was bad. But you know what I did? I took another step. And part of the reason I'm so thankful and graceful or thankful to be at North Shore, without this church, without you, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't have the opportunities that I've had. But I've just kept taking another step. My life is a testament of the power of progress. I've simply kept going. I've simply kept learning. I've simply kept stepping when I felt like quitting, when I felt like I wasn't good enough, when I felt like giving up. I just simply took another step. When I felt like my life is a mess, I don't know how I'm ever going to end up there, but I just took another step. And now I don't say this to brag. I don't say this to help you look at me and think, oh, okay, he thinks he's big stuff. I do not at all. But somehow, someone with my background, with my lack of, of ability to communicate ended up being on one of the top platforms in the nation delivering God's word where some of the speakers uh, that, that sit on that platform are some of the biggest pastors in the entire nation. I've been able to share a stage with, with people like Priscilla Shire, who is now in a major motion picture, right, reaching millions and millions and doing unbelievable things. But somehow they trust me to be on that stage and on that pulpit to share and to communicate. Woo, if they would have seen me when I started. And I don't share that to help you think that, yeah, he thinks he's big stuff because I know I'm not. I'm still taking steps. I'm still growing. I'm nowhere near even Pastor Chris's level. Uh, Y'all, if this is your first time, you need to be back next week and check out Pastor Chris, one of my 
favorite preachers in the entire world. He is phenomenal. You need to be back here. You need to listen to it. He's gonna, it's going to be incredible. But somehow, little old me from little old state with my background, stuttering, stamming, people saying, you're bad at this. But I just kept stepping, and I ended up with some of the opportunities I have. And now today, all the way back around at the church where a lot of it started, I'm standing here on this pulpit today speaking to you. Nothing but God. Nothing but God. And I love being here because I believe that this church can do for this city what it did for me. You breathe life into me. You breathe life into my sails. You breathe life into my dreams. And I believe Pastor Chris when he stands up here and says, we are going to forcefully advance the kingdom in Hastings. We are going to reach people for Christ. We are going to go places that no other church in the city has gone and do things that they have never done because we are going to make a difference. And tomorrow when I wake up, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take another step. I'm going to take another step. And see, you're looking at your mess, and you're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be, if you know what I mean. So maybe that mess you're going in, you need to look just a little bit different. Because where you see a mess, God sees progress. And number two, this is my closing thought, just add water. The second thing to remember when, when life seems messy, just add water. So Jesus just put mud on the blind man's eyes. He sent him to the water to be healed. And I read this and I think, okay, if the water's gonna heal him, why the mud? Jesus, why even make a mess? Why even put the mud on his face? See, I think there was a deeper meaning. See, all throughout scripture, there's some symbolism there. See, uh, dirt in scripture represents humanity. Remember in Genesis, God made man out of dirt. No wonder life gets a little messy and muddy from times, right? We're made from the dirt. But dirt represents our sin, our shortcomings, our shame, our failures, the parts of us we try to hide, don't let anyone near, we try to cover up, we put makeup on, right? It represents all that. It represents our humanity. And there also is the symbolism of water. When you add dirt and water, you get a little bit of mud. Water throughout Scripture represents God's Spirit. So what Jesus does, and he has this amazing ability, is he takes something common like our dirt, our sin, our shame, our failure, and he'll add into our dirt his water and his spirit and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness, and he'll mix it around a little bit, and we look, and it gets a little bit messy, it gets a little bit muddy, and if we're not careful, we're going to look at the mud and say, wow, what a mess. But Jesus is looking at that mud, and he's saying, no, this is not just a mess. It's progress. It's progress because now I'm in the mix. Because now I can lead you. Because now I can show you the next step that you're going to take. See, I'm beginning to realize that what the world calls failure, God calls fertilizer. What the world calls a mess, God calls progress. He calls it progress. So some of you, you may be here and say, my marriage feels like dirt, just add water. My relationships feel like dirt, just add water water. My finances feel like dirt. Just add water. Get God involved. Listen, my life feels like dirt. My job, whatever it is, if it feels like dirt, just add water. But RJ, you don't know about my past. You don't know how much dirt I got on me. That's okay. It'll make a little bit more mud. But just add water and see what God will do. God will do. He'll move. There was a student of mine uh, in Oklahoma City named Braxton. And Braxton, one Wednesday night, he found himself in our youth ministry, and the time came to, to commit your life to Christ, and you know what, he raised his hand, 
he added water to his dirt and his messy situation. And the more I got to know Braxton, the more I began to see that Braxton was involved in gangs, drugs, alcohol. I mean, you name it, he was involved in it. But slowly, Braxton just kept taking another step and trying to get God involved in his life. A few months later, I remember Braxton coming to me and saying, hey, Pastor RJ, Pastor RJ, man, I'm starting to listen to all Christian music, except, man, if I'm honest, except for Lil Boosie, because I just can't give up Lil Boosie. I'm like, I don't know who Lil Boosie is, but, but man, you're making progress. Keep going. Keep stepping. Don't stop there. God's not done with you yet. Take another step. And I remember a little while later, he came to me again, and we're talking, and one of the toughest things for him was to leave his friends. But he told me, he told me this, this struggle he's going through. He's like, man, my friends, they're just trying to pull me back in, get me to do all these things that I know I don't want to do. That's not me anymore. But it's hard because I love my friends. And I want to be, still hang with my friends. And I'm just like, Pastor, you got to take that step. Man, you got to take that step. I know it's hard. I know it's messy. I know you're hurting. But take that step because I think God's not done with you yet. And he did. He started less and less hanging around those gangs. And it just so happened that about six months after he gave his life to Christ, he lost two of his closest friends in a gang-related shooting in a place where he was supposed to be, in a place where they asked him to be, in a place where later we're, we went on a missions trip together and he told me he's, with tears in his eyes, he said, RJ, I should be dead. I shouldn't be here. But now, can you believe it? I'm on a missions trip. Me, with my background, with my past, being in gangs. I've lost two of my closest friends, and I know I would be dead right now if I didn't pour a little water on my situation. If I didn't get God involved in my mess. Take another step and get God involved. When you get God involved, things change. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a little bit messy. But God shows us this through the biggest, craziest miracle of all called salvation, where he takes your sin, your shame, your doubt, your fears, and he pours on, on it his water, and he wipes away all that sin, all that shame. Like, he shows us how he deals with our mess through this miracle of salvation. And this is why I love this church. This is why I'm so passionate and excited to be up here today, because this is a church where Pastor Chris says we are going to forcefully advance this kingdom. This is a hospital. We're going to reach some people that are hurting, people that are lost, people that don't know Jesus. I want you to know if you're here today and you don't believe in Jesus, that's okay. You can still belong at North Shore. You're here today and you wonder, listen, my behavior does not line up with the place where I should be sitting in church. That's okay. We want you here at North Shore. We exist for the lost, the hurting, the broken, no matter who you are, what you've been through, what you're going through right now, how messy your life may seem, this is a place where you belong, because we believe no matter where you're at, if you get God involved, you just add a little water and take another step. It's a process. It's a process. Learn to embrace the process of progress. You may not be where you want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. You're not just a mess. You're a mess in progress. Will you stand with me all across this place? Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. And we just pray together today, Lord, God, I pray that you just help us to take that next step, Lord, to move from where we're at now to where you want us to go, Lord. You're telling us the next step to take, and Lord, I pray that some of us would have faith to take that next step. With heads bowed and eyes closed, some of you are here today and you're facing a mess. 
your, your job is a mess, your life is a mess, your marriage is a mess, your finances are a mess, something is a mess, and you're saying, you know what, I'm not content with just going through that anymore, I'm going to add a little water, I'm going to get God involved in my mess. If that's you today and you're facing a mess, and you, can I just ask you to raise your hand when I count to three, and I just want to pray over you. One, two, three. Where are you at saying, you know what, I'm facing a mess. I'm facing a situation. I need to get God involved. I need a little bit more Jesus in my life. Awesome. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask Dan to just sing this song out one more time. And if that's you, if you're facing a mess, even if you didn't respond to that, maybe you should have responded to that. Maybe you're dealing with something internally, and you know God wants to do something in you. We're just going to sing it for two minutes. Give me two minutes. Give Jesus two minutes and say, God, I just need you. God, I need you in my situation. I need you in my life. I need you to move in what I'm going through. Lord, take my dirt. Take my shame. Take my sin. Take my mess and do a miracle that only you can do from it. But can we just lift our hands? Can we just sing it out together? Can we just go to God and just seal this moment in worship? Seal this moment by going to Jesus and saying, we need you more than anything else, Jesus. Let's sing it out. With heads bowed and eyes closed yet again, I always got to give you this opportunity, but if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, asked him to forgive you of your sin, if you've never experienced the greatest miracle of all, which is when Jesus comes into your life, washes away all that dirt, that shame, that sin, and gives you new life in Christ. If you're here today and you'd like to experience that forgiveness, that grace, when I count to three, will you just raise up your hand as well? One, two, three. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else saying, you know what, that's me, I need that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you guys. Thank you. If that's you, if you raise your hand, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Believe it in your heart. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, you'll be saved and he's gonna give you a spot in heaven for all eternity with him. Let's pray this together. Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for our sin. I commit my life completely to you. Lord, I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose again three days later, so now I can have eternal life with you in heaven. God, you see my dirt. You see my shame. You know my sin. Lord, I'm sorry for it. And God, today I'm asking you to forgive me and to come into my life. And Lord, I know it's going to get a little messy. I know it's going to get hard. And I know it's a tough process at times. But Lord, no matter where I'm at or what I'm going through, give me the strength to take another step. We love you, Jesus, and we just thank you. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together? Celebrate those who prayed that prayer. The Bible says when one person comes to Christ, all of heaven, all the angels are celebrating and partying up in heaven. 
So I just want to let you know this as we conclude. Some of you are facing a mess. Some of you are facing a heartache and a tough time. And we have our prayer team that's going to be up here. They would love to pray with you. We would love to just believe that God to take you through this mess, through the mud. But that mess you're going through is not just a mess. It's progress. It's progress. You're not a mess. You're a mess in progress. So we love you. Thank you, North Shore. Thank you for accepting me and my family. We are so excited to be here. I can't wait to see what God is going to do through this body right here. God bless you all. Have a great and wonderful week. Again, if you need prayer, we are up here. Like